for our band leading us in worship. I have to give the pastor Tim line. He says that every week. Let's give it up for the band leading us in worship. Also, Pastor Tim, we miss you. He's at home recovering from back surgery. It went great. He got it. He got it. He got it all is what he said. I'm like, what is that? It was herniated. They shaved it off. He should be one and done. So we're looking for complete and total healing. We believe that God is going to do that. So all of you, you know, maybe we can just make sure you reach out to him and tell him how much you miss him. And you can't wait for him to get back. He would love that encouragement. He is um, his, uh, his usual cantankerous self. Do you know that word cantankerous? This has always got something to say. You know, he came out of surgery like that, right out of anesthesia. And I can't even repeat the things he said. It was inappropriate. <laughs> FaceTimed me in Friday afternoon after we got done. And I was like, well, there he is. If he had said something sweet and nice, I would have thought he's still on drugs. But I mean, it was nice, but it's not appropriate. So, um, yeah, we're, we're very thankful that he was able to get through that. And if you are coming in today and you're visiting with us, this is a Girl Power Sunday is what we like to call it. It's once a year. We just returned from Sisterhood Retreat uh, 2022 yesterday. And um, we, we, we know that the Word of God is not just um, at a Sisterhood Retreat just for those who are attending, and it's for everyone. It's for male, female, kids, you know, grandmas, grandpas. It's for everyone. So the Word of God is living and active, sharper than any sword that you can find, and it will always divide right through to our heart when we need it. So today, whether or not you went to this, whether or not you know what I'm talking about, maybe you just maybe God has something for you today. So this year our theme was really on on freedom and finding the freedom that God gives us and the, that Christ offers us and walking in that. So uh, what we found was, you know, it's kind of like, have you ever seen like the, have you read the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, the Narnia books, and it's like, for freedom, or maybe Braveheart, Narnia, Aslan, for freedom. That's what I imagine verse one is saying to us in Galatians. I just kept yelling that over and over in the last couple of months as I was preparing for this and looking at it. That's the movie moment that that I imagine God is like yelling in the, the soundtrack of our lives behind us. Listen, it's for freedom that I set you free just because I want you to be free. So that's really where we're going to go today is talking about the purpose of freedom is for freedom. That's the reason. It's right there in Galatians 5.1. We're going to break apart this verse for a few moments. And then I want to get into some visuals. I like a visual. Do you all know this about me? I'm going to pull this in some. I feel like it needs to be front and center. Excuse me for a minute. Pull this way in. Oh, Lord. Now, can you see it a little better? We don't want that to be off to this side. This is my yoke. Anybody carrying a yoke today? Did you guys have this in the back of your car? Just in case you need it. I bet we do. It's just invisible. What? If anybody could do the thing. Could, do you all know this is a thing? Look at, look. Look if you don't know Okay, for everybody over 28, this is the thing they do to be like, oh, yeah, man, that's amazing. But you have to flick your wrist and your fingers so violently, we would break it. So don't try it at home. Some of these guys work on that move for years. They're like, it took me a year to do it, and now I got it down. Okay. It's constantly at my house. I'm a boy mom, can you tell? Every time a football, like a touchdown, everybody, everybody, anything. Anyway. Yoke. We're going to get to this in a minute. This is the kind of stuff we carry around. So it's for freedom that Christ set you free. It's just for freedom. And what that means is 
He paid everything for you. Jesus Christ at the cross, his sacrifice for you handled any debt that you might owe. And we don't keep owing that debt. It's been bought and it's been paid for. We get to live a new life now. So he says, it's just for the purpose of freedom that I set you free because I want you to have a better life. John 10, 10 says, I have come, I came here so that you could have an abundant life. You could live above what you think you can live, which means you can have peace and you can be happy and you can be content and you don't have to be bitter and you don't have to be defined by anything except what he says that you are and what you can do. That's what freedom means. It is for freedom that I set you free. And then the warnings begin after that. It's just one sentence of like, this is why, and now look out because this is what's happening. Look at keep standing is what it says. Keep standing firm and stop right there. Keep standing. Why do we have to be reminded to keep standing? I feel like when we see a little message like that in a verse, it's like, oh, I need to lean into this. Sometimes we skip right through them, but really sometimes we need to sit and stay and lean in and hear what he's saying. Keep standing firm. That's a reminder. I see that as something is coming that's going to challenge your freedom. Something that's coming that's going to want to take that. Something that's coming that's going to want to knock you back a few steps. Something that's coming that's going to want to make you doubt that you do have freedom, that you can walk in that. So look out because something's coming. You have to keep standing firm you got to keep standing firm. Verses 16 and 17 on down in chapter 5, they tell us this war that's setting up. Whenever we give our heart to Christ, this war sets up because we have a human side. It's called flesh. That's what the Bible calls it. And the human layer of us then interacts with the spirit of God that's now inside of us once we have that exchange with Jesus and he rescues us from ourselves. He saves us, as we say in church, This starts. It says walk by the Spirit so you won't carry out all the desires of your humanity, of your flesh. But look at 17. It says the flesh sets itself against the Spirit, and the Spirit sets itself against the flesh. They're in opposition to each other so that you can't even do what you want. So has anybody ever felt this battle raging inside? They're in opposition to each other. This is a verse that I have been studying and looking at this entire chapter for years, really. We've discussed it in in all levels and all layers at Genesis Metro, whether it's with kids or it's teenagers or it's young women that are, you know, young moms or young professionals or it's, it's men who are blazing a trail. This verse exists for every one of us that find ourselves walking with Jesus. Because we are inside this flesh. We won't get away from our humanity. So then we have to be, we have to be aware and cognizant that this is taking place inside. That this battle rages inside all of us. That's why we have to keep standing firm. Because we're going to feel like we want to be pulled back. And it's going to feel natural to get back into the things that want to take us back. And that's the next phrase. It says, don't go back. Go back to verse 1. Keep standing firm. Don't go back to slavery. Don't submit yourself to that. Don't let that back in is what it says. It is for freedom I set you free. Keep standing firm. Don't go back to slavery. Why is it that we keep choosing that? Why is it that we aren't careful and mindful of those things? This is where this yoke comes in. This is a yoke used in farming, right? This one is brand new, just whittled away a couple weeks ago. And, um, you know, it's nice and pretty and it's all finished out and it's not rough. It's all sanded, but it is heavy. 
Do you, I mean, I, I think what we see is uh, this yoke was used for the purpose of controlling the animal, and that's exactly what all of our vices are intended for our lives. Let me put this thing on. I like a good prop. Don't worry. I've already done it a few times. Everybody's like, I was worried about that yoke. I'm like, you doubt me. I got this. So this is the yoke. I'm trying to hit everything on the way in. This is what this looks like. I was free before I put this back on, but now I have this thing on. And, you know, I really want to just stand and be able to use my hands and my arms, but, you know, it doesn't really fit that well when you're standing like this. I mean, it's kind of like pushing on my jawbone, get on in there into the voice box, larynx. You know, imagine walking into work and being like, what's up, guys? Did you have a good weekend? How was Saturday? How did the kids' games go? Oh, what, this on my neck? Oh, it's fine. I, I like it. I like to wear it, actually. It's real comfortable. I just keep putting it on. And then you realize, like, maybe this is a little painful, so you realize, like, this thing was really made to sit on a person like this, on the shoulders, right? That's the way it was used in, in Bible times and back in when they, before modern technology, this is what they used for the oxen. They put the ropes through these things and it goes back to the farmer and he keeps them in a straight line. But you know, that, that guy is not free. He can't just, just go willy nilly on the crop. He has to stay in the line that he wants to. Now, proverbially speaking, the way this works for us is we keep going back to these things that keep us in a hunched position that keep our head down, our eyes on the ground, never looking up. Who? Always right here. We're not allowed to go this way. We can't go this way. Because if we do, we start hitting everything around us, knocking everything, you know, causing all kinds of drama and trauma and pain. And, you know, we can't pay attention because we're just right, right here. There's no other way. Suddenly your back starts hurting. Your hamstrings are going to start hurting in a little bit. It's going to go all the way down, but this is it. That's the only position you're allowed to have. And what the verse is telling us is that Christ came to set us free from all of this, yet we keep choosing to walk in it. Got it. Got it. Got a little top heavy. I'm just going to put that right there. Imagine walking through life like that. He's like, I gave you all this freedom over here. You can just walk. You can do whatever you want. You can spin. You can, like, you know, move around. You can do anything you want over here without all of that on you. You start adding things like the things that tangle us up, the things that put weight on our backs. You start adding all those things in, and suddenly we just keep choosing these things because they're more comfortable than not being free. This is our choice. Keep standing firm because something's coming that's going to try to put all of this on you and see how that works when you're trying to live your life. You think that would affect your family or your kids or your neighbors or your sister, your brother, your friends, your teachers, your coworkers? If you walked around holding all of that, I don't know how anybody has room for anything else when that's what they're carrying. Sometimes it's invisible, but is it invisible? It just sits on our lives, and he gives us these warnings about being very careful not to be sucked back into that. I want to I give you a little bit of um, what we talked about this weekend was these things, 
but then finding a way to break through and hear God's voice louder than any other voice. You see these uh, displays on the side here, and that's a lot of rubble. So there's a lot of rubble there, and there's this beauty on top of the rubble that's sitting here. And that's what that's what we prayed for this weekend was that people would know and feel that they were standing on top of the rubble because they'd had so much breakthrough. It was just in ashes around them, right? And sometimes we have to be we have to be focused in order to see what we need to break through on. So, and, and I think it's important for us to realize that the breakthrough is not easy to come by. That's why we took some time to break through some walls. You'll see that. We wrote some things out. You can start scrolling through pictures. We wrote some things out, some things that we needed God's hand on. Then we tore those things open and we busted through those bricks. And then you took that key that you found inside and you went over to find your panel of walls where you would then begin working on the breakthrough. Because breakthrough isn't easy The moment you have the realization of the thing that needs to be fixed, the things that you need to let go of, that's when the work starts. But it takes a minute to get through all of the layers that are inside there that have built up inside of you that are blocking you, that are weighing you down from what God wants. And that's what this represented. We had so much of that. And when we got done with this part, of course, we had church at night and and we all got our scriptures that afternoon after that wall. We took that key, we opened that box on the other side at that breakthrough, and we got our page of scripture. And this is, this is my scripture. You'll see people reading. Some were done earlier. Some took a little bit. But what we saw is God always works so good in this, doesn't he? He works so good. He tells you exactly what you need. Sometimes it's what you need, not what you want, right? Sometimes you're like, I don't know what this means to give me a new one. You'll know in a few months. I've had a few years like that. I had three years in a row of the same exact page. And it was the one that's like, I've been begging God to take this thing out of my side. And he's like, nah, you're good. You stay with it. I'm right here. That's what mine was three years in a row. So I was happy to get a different one this year. Because you feel like, oh, he's trying to tell me something. Got it. When do we clue in? You start hearing things over and over and over. And you're like, man, keep hearing that. Maybe we should listen. So I got Acts 3 and 4, and I wanted you to hear a little bit about this. I had to, you know, of course, I'll, I'll take some more time to dig into this page, but I wanted you to see, um, this was pretty cool to get this and read this just before we started Friday night. This is about a breakthrough moment that this person had, but it's an interesting way that this story plays out. So Peter and John, they're like, you know, superheroes of the faith at this point. They are, they have all just witnessed the Messiah being crucified and he has died and he has been buried. And of course we know the story. God miraculously raises him from the dead. He walks out of that grave all cleaned up, no blood, all is fine. Like he's been in triage, he's been all cleaned up. And of course he walks around for 40 days as Jesus, but kind of not Jesus, just kind of, you know, like uh, under the radar because the guy, we don't want anybody, we don't want to alert any of the officials. And then he ascends into heaven and he puts the power on the disciples and he's like, go change the world. You do it. And we're sitting here today because they did it. We're sitting here today because they did it. This story takes place just a few, probably like we're talking about a month, two months after all of that has transpired. So Peter and John are going to church and there's this guy laying on the road. You can go ahead and start following me along in Acts chapter three, verse two. There's this man who was lame from birth and he laid at this gate to the temple, so it's not even the, it's not even inside. It's like at the doorway out there, like not this door, 
the one that goes to the outside. But it's this beautiful gate. It's called beautiful. It's like to the gate called beautiful. And he laid there every day begging to be carried in. Now, I'm just going to go ahead and lay down real quick. There's a full-grown man laying at the temple gate every day. Just, you know, laying there. Just waiting for somebody to come by and take me in. Passive, passive, passive. Some of us live like that. Just waiting for somebody else to do it. You're not going to take the lead. You're not going to blaze a trail. You're not going to be proactive. You know you should go in, but you'll wait for somebody else to go first. And maybe they'll just pick you up and take you. And then maybe they'll drop some gold off on the way. Maybe they'll give you 20 bucks. Maybe they'll give you 100 bucks. If they're feeling really spiritual, man, they might just like Venmo you $1,000. Wouldn't that be amazing? This guy just lays there. A full-grown man. I mean, at least like half more of me tall. I don't know. Was he big? Was he little? Was he a scrawny guy? Did he look like The Rock? Well, that'd be fun if it was The Rock. Now pick me up. Let's see how that goes. But he was waiting. There's another version that says he expected something from them. He looks at everybody going by. You know, does he give them the sad face? You know the look that people give when they want something and they want you to ask what's wrong and they're like, oh. Some of you are like, I'm not asking you what's wrong. I know that's what you want. I'm not doing it. I wonder how many people passed by him. But clearly this was working. He'd been doing this for years, laying at the door. Can you imagine like walking over someone like an old sloppy dog right over into the middle of it, you know? And somebody would pick him up and take him in and they would give him money. In my mind, I'm like, this guy has figured it out. He's going to have a nice steak dinner tonight. Some nights it's chicken. Huh? Some nights it's like dollar menu at McDonald's, but maybe tonight's a steak night. I don't know. We'll see. Waiting for them to give him some money. And Peter and John are kind of not having it. I don't know what happened before this, but in my mind, Peter already looks frustrated before this even starts. So they're asking him for money. Go on to the next verse. I think it's verse four. Peter looks straight at him. Look at me. You've done this with your kids. Look at me. When my kids were little, I'd be, look at my eyes. Look at my, look at you. Look at my eyes. Does anybody do this with your kids? I was like, I've had enough and we have now reached it. And then you're like, you do. And then, and then they're, they're looking and then they're like, I'm like, oh, look at me. And it's like, I want to have a stare down for a minute before we induce punishments. I will take a kid out. I ain't afraid. That third one just, you know, by the third one just wears you down a little bit, but you're like, I will cut you. Let's go. You touch that again, you're going to see what's on. That's exactly, I feel like that's Peter right here. Look at me. Look at me. He's like, I am sick of this guy sitting here every day waiting for someone to carry him in. Like, you want a breakthrough? Or do, do you want it? Or do you just want somebody to take you and you don't do any work? But you just get carried into the places where breakthrough's happening, but you don't really want it. You're not doing anything for it. You're not, you're not aware of anything about yourself. Don't you realize, you do, like, if, if he was in this day and age, we'd be like, dude, what Enneagram are you? Get up and do something, right? People would be, people would be like, psychologying him. Where's the self-awareness there to do something about the position you find yourself in? Your legs don't work, but is anything in you alive and awake and ready to meet? You're, you're at church. You came to the church doors. 
You clearly want something, but you're looking for the wrong thing. And then Peter says, hey, I don't really have any money to give you. You look at me. I feel like he's like, look at me. I don't have any money for you, but the one thing I do have is Jesus. And in the name of Jesus, you need to stand up and you need to walk inside so you can find him for yourself. That's a breakthrough. I like that. Peter's getting sassy in his old age here. He's already cut off a guy's ear. Jesus is like, Peter, just come on, calm down, puts the ear back on, you know, back in the day. And now he's like, all right, I'm going to just rein myself in here. Look at me. Get up and walk. You know, he's just like all the restraint. He wants to just knock him around a little bit. You know, whack, 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 whack. Get up. What's great about this moment is, um, I, I didn't put everything in because I want to describe it to you, is this guy, he, you know, I'm curious. There's a lot of like, I have, I always say, I wonder, there, you can tell the men wrote this, the, the stories here because there's not a lot of details. I have a lot of details. I'm missing I want to know what happened between that statement and this. And it says, they took his hand. And I'm like, did he reach for you or did you reach for him? There's a difference there. I just want to know. Did he want it or did you want it for him? And then your power kind of, I just have all these questions. But nonetheless, they take his hand. He starts to stand up. And it says, immediately, power returns to his, like function returns to his feet and his ankles and he can stand. And in my mind, I'm like, is he like checking, you know, when you fall and you're like, is everything still working? Did I break anything? And then as he began to stand, that power just started returning to every fiber of his being. And then the next few verses talk about him walking in, jumping and leaping and praising God. And just like the craziest worshiper you've ever seen. That's what I imagine is happening here, right? Where you're like, oh, there she is again. She's here. (laughs) Just saying. People are expressive. I say, go for it. You express as much as you want. Or you sit in your seat as much as you want. It's really real personal what's happening between you and God. There's no judgment here, GM. This guy's running everywhere, and then the people in the church, they start to go, oh, look at that guy. Isn't he the one that lays by the gate? Peter, John, you did this? That's awesome. Way to go, guys. And if they were not spiritually astute or not discerning, they might go, yeah, we just, you know, we talked to him a little bit, and just spoke some boldness into him, speak the truth and love. And he just stood up. It was just amazing. Thank you. Very, very glad to be used here today. Don't you hear that sometimes? Everybody's trying not to laugh. I'm being facetious. You can laugh. Some of you are like, oh, is that what I sound like? But they're like, Peter, John, wow, that's amazing. Look at this guy. He's been laying there for years. And Peter again steps up to the plate. And Peter, I don't know what happened here, but something. Peter steps up to the plate. And he's like, hang on a second. Let me be really clear about what just happened here. It's Jesus that does the healing. I didn't do anything. But the one that you crucified, then he gets real snarky. Hey, the, you know, the one that you crucified a few weeks ago, and then, you know, you tried to beat him and stone him and all that. And then he, like, he won you know, like you lost, you're a loser. That guy, he's the one that did this, not me. I just want to be real clear what happened here today. So there's no ambiguity that it's Jesus that does the power. It's Jesus that does the healing. It's Jesus that doles that out. And you can have it and I can have it, but we can't do it without him. And this man, he can't walk without him. It's Jesus. That's the only reason breakthrough is possible because of Jesus. So we would all be this man laying down 
waiting for someone to come along and pick us up. We would be the one that would be buried under the pressure and the weight of the yoke and the backpack with bricks and the rope that entangles. We would be the ones laying here on our backs with no initiative, no proactivity, no desire, no grit, no purpose in walking in what God has for us if it weren't for Jesus. So let's not be Let's not be confused as to what's happening. It's God that has the power. It's God that makes the breakthrough. But it is our job then to do the work after the breakthrough. You can't just have a realization and have a moment with God in a service or um, maybe you're in your car or you're at home. Sometimes God just does that. Have you realized that yet? Sometimes you're like, oh man, I feel like God was just saying something to me in a song that comes on the radio, whether it's Christian or not. He speaks in every medium if you don't know that yet. Sometimes it happens here. Sometimes it happens out in a random place because as Pastor Tim said last Sunday, he will always find you because he's always pursuing you. But But it's Jesus that brings that healing, that power, that breakthrough, that awareness. But it's us that have to do the work. We can't just have the moment and then go back to our lives and start picking all of this up. Because then guess what? Then we lose the awareness again that there was a breakthrough in the first place. And we find ourselves again in another setting completing that cycle again. Oh, I'm having a breakthrough. Oh, it's the same one. I'm having a breakthrough. It's the same one. And we go back and back and back and back because we haven't done any work to keep that or develop it or evolve at all spiritually. Just as we grow in our physical bodies from childhood to adulthood, we need to grow spiritually from childhood to adulthood so then we can be about other people finding freedom. At some point, you have to flip that switch that it's not about me anymore meeting with Jesus. It's about me creating opportunity so people around me can meet with Jesus and have breakthrough. That's the purpose of our lives. So breakthrough is the beginning. There's a lot of work after that. And God designed for you to walk in freedom. Let's pray and let's worship. God, thank you for all that you've done. Thank you that there is nothing that can separate us from the love that you bring, the power that you bring, the purpose that you have for our lives, the race that you've marked out for us. God, you and you alone bring the power. You increase, we decrease. We're here to serve you. We're here to serve each other. We're here to love and show that that's what you bring into our lives. The only way we have that is from you. So as we begin to continue in worship and you have raised dead things back to life this weekend, you have given back freedom. May we see as your spirit falls on us that then we have to take the initiative to do the work and have the spiritual grit to run that race with perseverance. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's go.